Good morning again. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedules and being with us here for the Eucharist this morning. When Jesus came on the scene in Judea, there were those who called John the Master, the Lord. Although John did have a very high place, the highest place is and was reserved for Jesus Christ alone. People were leaving John and going to Jesus to be baptized, and the disciples of John were worried because they did not like seeing their master taking second place to this new teacher that had come about around them. It would have been easy for John to feel injured and neglected and unjustifiably treated and forgotten. But John made it very clear he was merely sent as a herald, as a forerunner, and that his task was to prepare the people for the greater one who was to come, the Messiah. And John knew well that God had given him an important, yes, subordinate task to that of Jesus. And likened to many of Jesus' parables, John used a very vivid picture that every Jew could easily recognize because it was part of the Jewish tradition, the marriage of the groom and bridegroom. For us today, it may call for a little catechesis or clarification. John called Jesus the bridegroom, and he himself was the friend of the bridegroom. A friend of the bridegroom had a unique place in a Jewish wedding. He acted as a liaison between the bride and the bridegroom. He arranged for the wedding. He sent out the invitations who would be coming to the wedding and presided at the wedding. It was his duty to guard the bridal chamber and to only open the door when he heard the bridegroom's voice and recognized it. Then he would open the door and go away, rejoicing because his job, his task, had been successfully completed and the bridegroom and the bride were together. John told his followers, no one can receive anything except what has been given to them from heaven. And he insisted that he become less and the new teacher become much more. It was not with envy that John said this, but with great joy because his main task in life had been completed and he willingly and gladly faded out of the picture into obscurity. Some time ago, I visited a rest home and a very lonely person said to me, why is God keeping me here? I want to die. 
This person couldn't even feed themselves anymore. They had to rely on other people for every single thing that happened in their life. I lovingly told them that they would be called home when they had finished each and every mission of life that God had put them on this earth to fulfill. A smile to someone who was down, especially down. Maybe a gesture of friendliness, saying something to a person that needed to hear something friendly and loving. Those small things may be what God wants you to do. And you are not going to be called to your heavenly home until you have completed each and every mission that God has intended for you to do. For us today, it would save a whole lot of resentment and heartbreak if we realize that there are certain things in this world which are not, not for us to do or accomplish and to happily accept the work and things that God has actually given us to accomplish. Because just as I told that lowly and lonely nursing home patient, that then, and only then, when they had completed each and every mission that God had given them to do on this earth, would they be called home? Or would we be called home? to our heavenly home with God for all eternity.